Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Exclusive listening with 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. So after intense speculation last night, Celtic officially confirmed at 7.07 this morning that Neil Lennon had resigned his position as manager of the football club. It's the news that many fans had waited a long time to hear, but despite that, I'd guess that many of us are experiencing some sort of mixed feelings just now over the end of an era of someone who was hugely successful as player, coach and manager of Celtic Football Club. This is Tino from the Celtic Exchange, thanks for tuning in, and tonight I'm joined by Miff as we review Neil Lennon's exit from Celtic after an association of over 20 years with the club. Miff, I'm not calling you a genius, but you called this on our match reaction show on Sunday night. So how do you feel, first of all, about today's news? Hi there, Tino. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, I, I don't know how else I was saying I'd, I'd called it. I'd already predicted that happening five times before as well. So I don't think it's too fair to, to, say, to say that I'd called it. But I, I thought he'd have been removed from his position after Sunday's result and performance. Um, you know, I, I stress that. It's not just the result, it's performance as well. And I think when we go into more detail... It is the performances as much as anything that's got us to this point. How do I feel about the news? There is a small small part of me, and only a small part of me, does feel that, that sort of almost guilt or remorse because he's someone who is so beloved within the club. He is a legend. However, that said, this should have happened months ago, and it does beg the question to me, it raises another question to me, is why now? Yeah, I was going to say, with the way the season's gone, obviously people have been calling for Neil Inn's head since, I'd say, around about October time. Certainly certainly since the Ferns Farish game, actually. And several times since then. Why do you think now? Why now with just eight games to go? My own personal opinion is that their target has said yes. I don't necessarily think, as we have seen this season, the, the manager's position doesn't seem to be linked to results or performances because he's he's been through about eight or nine sacking events this season alone. So I can only assume whatever work's been done in the background has now come to some sort of fruition and that some guarantees have been given that, that whoever's going to replace him will come in the summer. That's my own thoughts on it. I may be miles off. I have absolutely no idea. I, I thought Lennon would have would have been gone by now. To me, it just seems a bit odd that, that it's happened now when it really should have happened months ago. I, 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 don't, I, I don't understand why now. I just don't understand why now. Has it got to the point where it's just so intolerable? that the board have finally realised the vast majority of Celtic fans are against Lennon. I can't say that that would just be something that came off the back of the Ross County result. That that sentiment was already there within the support. 
Ah, yeah. I mean, again, it's just it's been a very it's, whilst it's been a painful season due to the results on the park, also a very intriguing season because we're at a stage now where the whole club is in a state of flux. We've got Dominic Mackay coming in in the summer and potentially a new manager as well, potentially a new structure, and who knows, potentially some other new signings or or grand vision for the club moving forward. So whilst the pain of this season is there uh, and and it will take a bit of time to heal. I think there's also reason for optimism as well. Yeah, I think there definitely is. And, and what we'll do, we'll get into the, the nitty-gritty of Neil Lennon's time, or certainly his most recent time at the club just shortly. I suppose what I'd like to do as well, just ahead of that, is, is look at you know some of the bigger picture stuff. So in terms of Neil Lennon's overall time at Celtic as both player and manager of the club, he's picked up a total of 21 trophies. So a phenomenal trophy haul for any individual. He has won, as a manager, he's won five Scottish Premier League titles, four Scottish Cups and two League Cups. Sorry, one League Cup as a manager and as a player. Similar, he's won five leagues, four Scottish Cups and two League Cup titles. What do you think about that just in isolation, but regardless of this season? Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge trophy haul, but, but for me, the, the playing haul is completely separate. I don't view that. I don't view them all clustered in together. I, I look at it as separate. I look at his two spells as, as manager. And ultimately, people have differing views on that. He, in his first season, he probably should have won the title and didn't. In his second season, he benefited from Rangers being liquidated. And then he had, he had no domestic competition. Now, it was always levied against him that he'd failed to win a treble. I don't always think that's, that's quite fair. I, d- I don't think the expectation should be just because Rangers aren't in, in the league, you win a treble. But he also left Celtic when he believed his stock was at, at its highest. Now, those who were watching Celtic at the time would, would agree it probably was time for a change then. Coming back when he did, some people feel like he answered the call, other people feel like he was lucky because he was he was out of work, he'd left his role at Hibs and he was quite lucky to pick up the Celtic job. So there, there's always these 50-50 views that, that people take on it. For me personally, I, I was happy when Lennon got it at the time because I thought it was a safe pair of hands and he did the job that was asked for him. But if you remember, going back, there was a lot of last minute winners involved in that, Hearts, Dundee, you know, it was none too pretty to watch. And I was very sceptical. In fact, I was devastated when he was offered the job after the Hearts game, I think we're on record in saying that in the podcast, I think a lot of the support were. And I suppose the roots of the the issues that Celtic have have experienced this season and the reason that Lennon has been subjected to such vitriol by his own support is actually directly related to that action by the board to disregard any other applicant for the job after the Hearts game and offer the job to Lennon in, in the showers, as we're led to believe. That, I think, whilst we we pretty much get away with it last season. And I don't know if you can say getting away with it because we were in a treble. But it was always going to be the case that the continuation of the Rodgers era and then the beginning of the Lennon era were, were going to clash and you were going to get a bit of fallout from that. And unfortunately, that's happened in the 10 in a row season and it's all fell flat on its face. I think really a lot of the fans' ire goes back to that day at Hamden when Lennon was offered the job after the Hearts game. I think you're spot on there. I think you're echoing the the thoughts of a lot of fans. Certainly, that you know the the fans that that I know personally, and that you know that we engage with online. I think everyone remembers how they felt when Lennon got the job, and without being too dramatic about it, but it's something that just it struck a chord. And yeah, like yourself, my elated to have won the the treble at the time, but also equally disappointed shortly after that to hear the news that Neil Lennon would have been given the job permanently. And that's not in a disrespectful way, but I just feel that was a perfect time to thank him for steadying the ship and taking the reins uh, from Rogers at the time. And he should have gone at that time, in my opinion, with with all thanks and best wishes. So at this moment in time, obviously, you know, the news has just broken today and everything is a bit raw and it has been for some time with a lot of the supporters. 
based on what we've seen this season. But how should Neil Lennon's time at Celtic be remembered overall? And, and Miff, do you have any standout memories, perhaps as a manager and as a player? Well, as, as a player, I love them. Standout memories. I can still remember his debut at Dundee, Peroxide Bontair. You're him. Uh, 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 a look which I rocked myself um, for a few months. But this is about Neil Lennon, it's not about me. Winning the, the treble in his first year. Being a catalyst, a real catalyst for Martin O'Neill's team. And also some some really standout performances in the Champions League as well. I think that's where Lennon's style of play really benefited, is that you saw he was someone that was keen on kind of retaining the ball and doing the simple thing, which I, I remember, I actually remember him being howled at against Boa Vista at home. Larson had missed a penalty. I think it was it was 1-1 at the time and um, he'd rolled the ball back the way when went in possession and the fans were howling, almost booing. You know, it was a UEFA Cup semi-final at home. But that, that was the type of player he was. He was, you know, it was quite... He was a tiger in midfield as well, but he was good on the ball. And you actually see, when you look back at a lot of videos of his time at Celtic, he was actually really good at set pieces as well, putting a lot of balls into the box, albeit he had some fair targets to aim for. But he was really good at putting the ball in the box in a good area as well. So for Lennon as a player, he was a real catalyst for that that Martin O'Neill era, which I still look back so fondly on. You know, I was in, I was in my early 20s then, so it was just a, a great time. As a manager can remember him saying about bringing back the Thunder. I was there in one of his first caretaker games in charge. Josh Thompson scored twice against Motherwell on 2-1. There was only, was only about 15,000 in, in the ground at the time. Yeah, I, th- I can remember his first pe- period in charge, bringing in the likes of Hooper, Ledley. It was a really exciting time because it felt, felt like we were building a young, energetic, vibrant team. And the second time in charge is just really the, the, the polar opposite. There, there were spells last year when they were excellent. Um, the two Lazio results are, are obvious standouts. But it became really, really turgid and it was turgid at times last year. I think Rangers contributed massively to Celtic winning the league last year because they capitulated in, in January. So, no, for me, you know, he's, he's always got a huge part of Celtic's history. But the fact that he hung on so grimly for a number of months when he shouldn't have in a year that was so important to Celtic, in my opinion, that's going to take a long, long time for people to go over that. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it well. So I mean, despite the you know the undoubted success he had as both player and manager, it does beg the question as to where did it all start to go wrong for Neil as a manager? Where did that all start to unravel? I would, I would say the the way that the whole situation around COVID was handled, going from Bollingall's wee trip to Malaga to the way that Griffiths was treated very differently when coming back to the the insistence in, in going to Dubai. I I think. Ferns Faros, the two big ones for me, Ferns Faros, performance and result, and the and the Rangers performance at home. Yeah. That that was as poor as poor can be. Yeah. Do you think and obviously Neil Lennon has faced huge criticism, you know, across the, the season to date, and we're only eight games before the end of the season, so across the thirty games plus Europe plus cup competitions, do you feel that all of the criticism is warranted and justified, or has it been a bit heavy handed or, or how do you feel on that? Well you don't you don't want it to get personal. Um, it clearly meant a lot to Neil Lennon to be Celtic manager and I understand that you know if you're in your dream job you don't want to, don't want to let it go too easily but by the same token f- football's a, a unique business in the sense that it isn't just about you it isn't just a job for you because there is fan representation so also the business and there's a money element to it and a success element to it there's also the, the feelings and the the hopes and dreams of the supporters as well so if those are, are dashed so readily as they have been this season it becomes a very emotive subject. So when you see someone there who, to everyone's eyes, I think, is clearly out their depth, struggling, and doesn't have the answers to the questions that they're being posed, 
and yet they remain to hang into the job so grimly to everyone's detriment, including their own, it's then hard to feel like the criticism levied at them hasn't been justified. It becomes almost, to, to those looking on, the supporters, is that that person is becoming arrogant slash deluded. And I think that's how people felt, not just at Neil Lennon, but also at the board, because there was months of inaction. Some supporters, I think, were probably... I would, I would class myself in this camp that I was very vocal about Lennon needing to leave, but I don't feel any particular joy in it happening. You know, I'm not dancing dancing up and down here. This is Today's just day one on the start of the rebuild, but, but what I will say is this. I don't necessarily think the rebuild's as big a job as it's been made out. We're in a very good place off the park. What we just make, have to make sure that we do is from this point on, get the big decisions right and everything else should take care of itself. Yeah, and I, I think everything you're saying there, Miff, is, is really quite fair uh, and quite balanced. You know, we all want the best for the club, but at times it is such an emotive subject for so many people and Celtic means, quote-unquote, so, so much to so many people, you know, and it's, it's such a big part of their lives and you can see at times why that emotion has potentially spilled over. What I'd like to do is offer just a couple of defences of Neil Lennon, just, you know, for balance here, and, and I'd be keen to hear your thoughts. First of all, the question is, was he given the, the wrong players to work with in this of all years? And I'm looking namely at guys like Barkas, Duffy and Ayeti, goalkeeper, centre-half, centre-forward. As a spine, you know, were they good enough? And a side question to that, would Brendan Rodgers or others have struggled to get a tune out of these guys? And secondly, and this is more telling for me, this is a point that I've gone on about time after time, and I think it's so important, how much did Neil Lennon not being allowed to bring in his own backroom team hamper him? And, and why was that allowed at all? I think I can answer both in the one full swoop, Tino, and that's if you appoint a yes man, you get a yes man. So unfortunately for us, Neil Lennon was happy to take the job under any conditions. And that means players like Barkas, players like Duffy, players like Ajeti, players like Klamala arrive in the squad one day before you've maybe had much notification. Now, what I will say about Duffy, I would imagine Duffy, you know, Lennon, it seems to me like it would be a Lennon signing just purely because he, he was a British-based player and that, that seems to be Lennon's preference. And buying players, I mean, as for Ajeti, if it's to be believed, Lennon flew to London to seal that deal. That was that was the chat at the time. Again, it was just paper talk, but Lennon flew to London. I think Ajeti was still on the deal because it was a loan. Ajeti flew to London to let him know that he wanted him and, and that's when the, the deal was made permanent. With Barkas, obviously... The Barkas deal only happens because the Foster deal doesn't get done. Is that Neil Lennon's fault? I would doubt that very much. You can look at it and say that there's mitigating circumstances to why the season's been such a disaster, but Celtic offering Lennon the job has le led to this because Neil Lennon has ultimately been put in there by Peter Lowell because he knew he would do pretty much what Peter Lowell asked him to do. The reason that Brendan Rodgers left us high and dry, as he did, was because the relationship with Lowell had deteriorated when all of us as fans would be looking at that and saying we should be reinvesting in Rodgers and giving him what he wants and, and giving him the power that he needs to take the club forward. We did the opposite and it looks like all we won the power struggle and we've ended up with Neil Lennon as manager as a result. So those, those, all those events are actually linked and that's what leads you to the road where the recruitment is poor because you're doing the recruitment without really involving the most important person at the club and that's the manager. Yeah. Yeah, again, I think that's all fair enough. What we'll do now, we're fortunate enough to be joined by Alan Stubbs on the line, so let's go straight to Alan to get his thoughts on today's breaking news. Alan, good to have you on board. What's your take on today's breaking news? Hi, Tino, OK? Hi, IMF. Obviously, very sad for Neil, but unfortunately, I think it's been coming for, for, for a number of months and 
Um, I'm 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 sad for for Neil on on a, on a personal level level, but I think we have to remember you know the success that Neil had as a, as a player and, a, and as a manager, and you know he had some some incredibly good times, but unfortunately in such a you know it's such an important season they've come up very short, you know, and and I, and I think this 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 news that we've that we've we've obviously heard was was inevitable. Yeah, as you say, Alan, it seemed to be, uh, unfortunately, news it was coming for a long time. And I think a lot of fans maybe wanted it to take place uh, a few months before it actually did. Where do you think it all went wrong for Neil this year? Obviously, he's had huge success as a player and manager for Celtic. But yeah. where do you think it, it really fell down this year? Well, I, I think if you, if, you, if you go through it all, I think, first and foremost, before a ball was kicked, the recruitment has not been a success. You know, you look at you look at across the park and you look at Rangers. They they've done a lot of their business before 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 the ball has been kicked. They they had a, a settled and smooth run into the into the beginning of the season where Celtic was still running around. You know, looking for, looking for players. You know, the goalkeeper um, situation has has been a big loss. You know, Fraser Foster. You know, you we, we were hoping that he was going to. Sign again, and he never. And then you know, Barkas has just not worked out. You know, it's not to say he's not a, a good keeper, but it just hasn't worked out. Um, the the central central defence, you know, has has been a has been a an issue. That went through Dyer wanting to leave, whether injuries, Shane Duffy not not really hitting the ground running when he when he's come. You know, and, and then obviously talk of other players of unrest and players wanting to leave and you know let's, let's be honest you know a couple of them throwing the toys out the pram and feeling sorry for themselves um, then the performances then on the pitch have not been where Celtic fans would expect and then obviously them, them falling behind Rangers um, the, the performances in all firm games especially the first one was 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 was, was a bit of a, an alarm bell ringing and then ultimately the Dubai trip, I think, was the was the the icing on the cake in terms of things going from bad to worse. And even though the, the performance in the in the the old firm game over the Christmas and New Year was 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 much positive, and they were they were they were no no qualms in terms of they were the, by far the better team. Ultimately, it lost the game, and the gap was you know was never seen to be getting shorter. It, it only looked like it was only going to be getting bigger. You, you've been in, in dressing rooms yourself, you've managed teams. The, the thing for me was that there just seemed to be a bit of a, a disconnect between the, the management and, and the players. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying for a minute the yeah. players weren't, weren't playing for them, but to me it seemed like almost a variety of different circumstances all seemed to come ahead with the fact that there was players in the dressing room wanting away. There was yeah. how, the, how the COVID breaches of both Griffiths and Ball and Goalie were handled differently. Lots of things there that would suggest that the dressing room itself, added with the fact that the COVID restrictions would have been a, a really unhappy place. Do you think that Neil Lennon could have handled that better th- than what he did or uh, how he spoke about it publicly? I think ultimately Neil will be in, in charge of, of how the atmosphere is at the training ground and and how... and But I think the big the big... Issue was that the players' body language and some of the games, even when I was commentating for Celtic TV and 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 
you know, and, and doing the radio and and, and, and Sky, you know, I, for me, the body language of some of the players was, was really poor, which which tells you that something's not right. Um, and I think in this season of all seasons, even that, as much as it, it's, it's just a visual and a perception thing, that had yeah. to be spot on, I think, for the sake of the fans. And yeah. it, as it started to unravel, I think that's why things just kind of snowballed for there. I, I would completely agree with that, Alan. Completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I, think, I think what you'll find that over the next few days or the next week, you'll, you'll start to have things coming out about, about everything, what was going on. And, and unfortunately, when, 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 when you do see that, um, you'll, you'll, you'll understand why, why the season has been such a, a disaster season. Um, you know, f- for me, whether some of the players have not liked the way Neil has, has managed them, whether Neil has, has not liked the way some of them have conducted themselves, when you cross that white line, you have a duty to the, to the fans and the football club to perform. Put, 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 put aside your differences if you've got one with the manager. Ultimately, you train from on a Monday to Friday or a Monday to Saturday if you're playing on a Sunday to go and win games of football. And, and, and you win games of football. You don't necessarily win games of football ultimately for a manager. You win games of football for, for the football club and for your teammates and for the fans. Yeah, that, that's a point I'd be quite keen to pick up on, Alan. I think... You know, obviously Neil Lennon takes responsibility for all things football, or that should certainly be the case at any club. And there's yeah. no doubt, you know, he has made some mistakes, whether that be tactically or, or players he's picked or formations or whatever. But how much responsibility do you feel that the players should carry for the way things have played out this season? I, I think that they, they, they certainly have played their part. You know, Neil will, when the, Neil will all, the, the figurehead, as in the manager, will always carry the time for, for performances, for results, for everything else. Uh, but the players have have a huge say in, in, in that, and unfortunately, you know, you, you've seen in even in some of the interviews with Neil after the game, where you can see that he's he's so frustrated with the way the teams played, but and he's trying to protect them. You know, more more than what I would I would personally think he's wanted to. You know, because that he's dealing with different types of players and what he's had to come across certainly in his time as a player and, and, and in the early days uh, that he had as a manager. Um, and, he's, and he's tried to just, I think, keep them as, as, as happy as he, as, 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 sorry, keep them happy as, as much as he could. But ultimately, you know, they've, they've, they've let Neil down and all. There's yeah. no denying that. You know, the recruitment's been really poor, you know, and they've just got, they've just got too many major decisions wrong. Yeah, I think between, you know, Neil Lennon himself and perhaps some of the, the actions of some of the players and potentially even stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about at this moment in time, it's perhaps yeah. all come together to, to create that situation. I wonder as well, Neil's obviously come from a, a different era, you know, you know, maybe kind of yeah. playing at a similar time as yourself, Alan. The game has evolved quite dramatically yeah. since then and I wonder if Neil's style maybe doesn't quite work with the... dare I say, ego-driven modern footballer to an extent. And without knowing about individual cases... It seems that Neil's tried the the softly, softly approach, the arm around the shoulder, as well as the you know the rocket, the hairdryer, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. it just seems that he's not been getting the response from from this group of players that he'd hope for. I, I think you know when you look at you know last season, you know they obviously you know they won the treble, so you know things couldn't have been that bad. You know from that point of view, you don't you don't win you don't win the league, no matter even if you've you know you have 
it's people will say, well, that was a lot of it was Brendan Rodgers' team from from that, you know. But he's come in and he's and he's, he's it was it was a you know a bit of a seamless transition from from Peter because he knew Neil and at that time it was such a shock that Brendan had gone and he wanted someone to steady the ship and you know and and Neil was was that man and you know he's he's come in and he's he's done what he's needed to do, you know. But then obviously there was there was then a little bit of discontent in the in the way the the team were playing in terms of the style and then Neil started to allude to this tippy tappy football that was frustrating them and he wanted to play a different style. Um and it and it, it just it just hasn't worked. You know, there's there's been there's been some some decent performances in there, but there's been too many abject performances and performances that the Celtic fans didn't want to put up with, and in the end, you know, the frustration of of everybody in, uh, involved with the football club has has resulted in, in Neil losing his job, and I, and I think it was getting towards a stage where obviously the result last year, uh, last last Sunday was 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 the, the 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 tip of the iceberg. You know, the club needed to be coming out and and showing the fans that they were preparing for a rebuild. And I, and I think if you know a lot of the fans wanted this done even earlier, but at least now they can they can start to you know look for the for the next manager. And, it, and I think it's got to be a statement. I, I, I really I really do in terms of the appointment. I think it's got to appease the the Celtic support and 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 a manager that you know yes gives them the gives them the, the wow factor, but also plays this in a, in a in a style. That relates to the not just the football club to the fans and get them get them on the edge of the seats again and and, and get them excited. That's an excellent point, Alan. Because I was actually speaking to one of my, my friends today and saying that the the Celtic manager's job's pretty unique because just winning games isn't enough. It's got to be done with a certain amount of style as well. So you, you need to kind of do both. I think in recent history, somebody like Gordon Strachan, who was a really pragmatic manager and 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 got results, still didn't really keep all the, all the fans happy when he was in the role. Um, but ju- just two points that you made there, Alan, and, and it's something that we've um, we've really been picking up on when we've been doing the podcast, the kind of weekly podcast and the post-match reactions, is level of performance, like you mentioned there, yeah. th- there was just too many of those games, even in the games they were winning, where there was just no... They weren't even dominating or, or creating clear-cut chances. It was, it was really kind of scrappy football. But also, and, and I think this is the key thing, is the recruitment, and yeah. if you've got an already successful squad, players that have been there and are battle hardened and have done it year in year out, and then a, a, a kind of flux of new players come in and you don't feel they're up to scratch or you don't feel they're improving the squad, that can can have a bit of a demoralising effect as well because you don't feel you've you've strengthened from that dominant position. And I think with, with Barkas looked like a really good signing on paper, albeit we would have preferred Foster, but the one for me yeah. is Duffy. Everybody thought yep. we needed that extra centre half and Duffy ticked every box. I don't think there was a Celtic fan around that wasn't happy with that signing. And it's just one mm-hmm. of those ones that, for whatever reason, timing, anything at all, it just has not worked. And I think ultimately that's it's that type of that type of thing, that type of kind of signing that, that that's going to typify the season and has ultimately led to Neil Lennon getting or leaving Celtic. Yeah, I think you know when we when you look at Celtic's recruitment of the you know 
certainly if you look at just the last 12 months, I'd, I'd, I'd have to look at all all them signings and go, okay, yeah, you know, not bad. I haven't. I wouldn't look at any of them apart from you know, but Turnbull, who's, who's been very good. I've been very impressed by his performances. Apart from anything else, I'd go, yeah, okay, but but nothing else. You know, and certainly if you haven't got me excited, how would he? How would he going to get the Celtic support excited? You know, where's these? With these, you know, star billing signings that that a club like Celtic should be attracting, and I think I think Turnbull is going to be, you know, a really good player. I think Callum McGregor is as 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 being the one consistent performer this season, and he he epitomises, you know, what the club is all about. And I think he's the one that has has dealt with everything better. Than any any other player, because is is for me every time I've done the games, he's been the one that's been driving force and has not looked to hide in a game and looked to get on the ball. And yes, okay, he's made he might have made a mistake straight away. He's still looking to get on the ball, and, and I I think this 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 Celtic oh, sorry I can't don't want to label him with it, but I think the performances that they've had this season have lacked character. Yeah, I think it's it, a few things have been pitched at this nearly inside, and one thing is that they've they don't really have a, a clear identity just now as well. Alan, you know, are they a, are they a, are they a physical side? Are they a, do they retain possession for long spells? Do they go direct? It's just a wee bit haphazard at times, and sometimes it seems like we we roll the dice to an extent, and and we've obviously come up short on several occasions this season. I suppose one key question we'd like to ask Alan, obviously, um, not not to. Unless you do have any particular inside thoughts, but do you have any thoughts yeah. or suggestions on who you think the next manager should be, or certainly what kind of caliber he should be? Um, well, I think that this is going to be the, the crucial questions um, that the the whoever is going to be in control of of the the selection uh, for the new manager, whether it's the Dermot Desmond, whether it's the head of football. Uh, I think if you're looking at the head of football, if, if the Celtic fans thought it was going, to, thought it was going to be that, then I think there'd be there'd be a bit of an outcry. You know, it's okay just saying names, but I think the one thing the manager's got to do, whoever it's going to be, he's got to have a connection with the fans. He's got to be someone that the the fans can can relate to and. You know, I think at times when I've watched Celtic this season, I think you've made a really good point in terms of. I think in in, in a couple of the old firm games, I think they've been they've been outthought, and 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 and, if, and Rangers have looked like they've had a a, a plan um, to 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 combat Celtic, and they've had a structure in t- in, in terms of what they've done. Whereas Celtic have looked like a team where. They 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 look they, or they think that they are the better team, and they just have to turn up on the pitch and go and, and go and play. Yeah, I think that's that's all fair comment. I'll I was just going to say I hope you don't break Maths heart here. He's got his heart set on Steve Clark. I've got my heart set on him. What I said was I think that is the, <laughs> the, the type of manager that would go for. Yeah. You know, but, he, but he doesn't. He does like that connection with the the club. I know he was associated with Celtic in his younger uh, days. But I wonder how that kind of signing will go down. Time will tell, Alan, but listen, thanks very much uh, for joining us tonight and obviously for covering today's big news. And we'll look forward to speaking with you again soon. No problem, guys. Pleasure as always. All the best, Alan. Thanks, Cheers. Alan. Just, thank you. Thanks, Alan. Uh, so, 
It'd be remiss of us not to take a very quick look at this stage at John Kennedy's appointment as interim manager for the remaining eight games of the season. So what do you make of that overall? Uh, and what do you expect to see? Could John Kennedy get the role permanently? Or would that not be something you would I would. I would doubt that very much, but I, I really am completely torn on John Kennedy because on the one hand, a lot of people have got a lot of good things to say about him. The players, from what I gather, privately speak very highly of him and rate him. However, this season he appeared to be as much use as a chocolate fire guard to Neil Lennon, so I, I'm not sure if he and Lennon were button heads and, and Kennedy's, Kennedy's just taking a step back and said, well, I'm not going to continue at butt heads with him, I'll just let him charge on and do his thing and basically give himself enough role. But it, it, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out from here. I wouldn't be a fan of Kennedy getting appointed long term because I think that's just another yes man going, in, going into the position. I think we need, we need somebody with a bit of gravitas is going to attract the quality player that we need to to rebuild the squad and, and not just look, you know, not just look domestically. Ultimately, we'll be in competition with Rangers, we know that. Hopefully that'll be a bit more nip and tuck next season than what it's been this season. But there has to be a plan to try and evolve the club and, you know, keep keep these good players for a bit longer than what we do. Having them for 18 months isn't really any good because you're not getting the chance to get keep a squad harmonious for a, for a period of time. Try and keep the good players for a wee bit longer. If that means giving them better contracts, shock horror, um, then we might we might need to do that and spend a bit more on, in terms of our wages. Less of these project signings and just really support whoever the new manager is. Kennedy may very well still have a part to play in the the new manager's uh, future at the club because he seem you know he's worked through other managers before. He knows the club inside out. He, he seems to be favoured by Lowell. It's just to me, it's just really interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how he reacts, formation that he plays, because I think that will be indicative as to what the problems have been between him and Lennon, if any. You know, we we speculate that there's problems there. It's just because he stands looking quite stern and doesn't really smile much, we assume that there's been issues between them. Well, I think that's that's an important point to make because really. As much as you and I and everybody can speculate on what John Kennedy's bringing to the party and, and what Gavin Strachan is, is bringing, you just don't know. A laptop. He's bringing that and, and then some. But if, if you're not at Lennon every day and watching training and, and focusing on, you know, you know catching team meetings and, and seeing what the tactical approach is, we really don't know. And John Kennedy has taken a lot of grief this season, but he's the same John Kennedy that got all the praise under Brendan Rodgers. So you can't be a good coach one minute and then all of a sudden you're not. You either are or you aren't. And I think without the, the benefit of seeing behind the scenes, we just don't know. But we will find out in the next eight games. Yeah, that, that's that's why I'm so torn on it. Because on, on one hand, there's there's evidence there to suggest that he's a, a good coach. Rogers tried to take him with him to Leicester. So I doubt he'd be doing that if he, if he wasn't any good. Um, so obviously within the right coaching setup, Kennedy can clearly flourish and is highly regarded. But like, like we've seen this season, the body language of the coaching staff, as well as the players, has been really, really poor. And, and Kennedy's been involved in that. Now, whether he's trying to disassociate himself from what he sees as a failing regime or whether he just feels it's completely pointless putting his point across because it's going to get ignored. I would imagine Neil Lennon is very much his own man when it comes to uh, what tactics he adopts and how the team sets up and plays. Yes, very intriguing times coming up with regards to how we're going to set up and how Kennedy goes about his time in interim charge. I just feel... Kennedy's been in with the bricks for a long time now and, and maybe, maybe it is time for some fresh ideas to come in. People that haven't been there through pre- previous regimes. On the other hand, you could say how successful the Rogers era was. He is a coach who was there and saw 
the way the players were training, preparing, setting up, you know, if you can get back to that sort of, that standard, which is clearly slipped, then I think that would be exciting for all Celtic fans. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I think the John Kennedy situation overall is fascinating. Um, and and what will be really interesting is to see what kind of changes he does make on on Saturday against Aberdeen. Will he stick with the diamond? Will he go four two three one, which was the Rogers approach? Uh-huh. Will he bag certain guys from the starting lineup? And that will be very telling as to you know maybe how closely linked him and Neil Lennon's philosophy as well. What about you? What do you think? Do you think he's been there too long and he should move on, or are you one that believes that he is a good coach and he's working? There's pros and cons for being there too long. You know, the, the con would be that you become complacent and, you, you know, sometimes you need to freshen things up and come up with new ideas and new approaches and the players need to hear from different people as well. So a lot of folk would say that if Neil Lennon, you know, is moving on, which he has done today, then anyone associated with his coaching setup should also move on. And I can absolutely understand why folks would say that. But I also believe there's a lot to be said for the the knowledge and if I'm led to, you know, believe the reports I hear that the quality that John Kennedy brings from a coaching point of view I remember hearing a couple of years ago that aside from what he's doing now, you know, being in the dugout, there was a suggestion that he was being groomed to become our first director of football and take a more technical role in, in what we do. He's a smart guy. He's well respected. He's long in the game. And I think he's a really decent type. So personally speaking, you know, the eight games will be very intriguing, but I, I think I'd like to see him around the club somewhere. But, you know, what happens in the next three, four, five games might have a, a huge bearing on that. And, and also, you know, Dom Mackay, my friend Dom, Hi. He'll come in and he'll have his own ideas as well as to whether we should root and branch, clear things out, or whether it should be a more um, you know integrated approach. So that'll be very interesting. So finally, I mean, the, the story of John Kennedy uh, is intriguing and, and we'll wait to see how that plays out. But just before we wrap up, to return to Neil Lennon as we close out tonight's show, Ruff, do you have any final comments, any parting words on the man and on his Celtic legacy? Like I say, um... Celtic legacy is not in doubt. He, he will he will always have one. He's he's ingrained through the club past was that twenty years in total service or he's, something. He like signed that. for Celtic on the sixth of December two thousand, so over twenty years ago. Over twenty years ago, albeit that he, he did go to Bolton and Hibs in the intervening period. But but that aside, it's going to take me a wee while to go over the last four or five months. Just speaking from a personal point of view, because he dug his heels in so far when it clearly wasn't working. I think you only need to listen back to maybe three or four podcasts that we've done during that time to hear how exasperated that was at the performances I was watching on the park. And I just can't accept that he wasn't doing the same, even despite what he was saying publicly, I can't believe he wasn't doing the same. And for it to go on so long and for him to come out and say in November time that if it didn't improve he would walk and to then see a further five months or, or so of or four months of stagnation, that, that still rankles with me if I'm being honest. No doubt he's a he's a, a Celtic man, whatever that means. Um, no doubt that he cares deeply about the club. There has been a wee bit of damage done to his reputation, but probably not his legacy, just on the basis of the length of time he's been involved with the club and the success he has achieved. Yeah, thanks for that, Matt. I'm in complete agreement with pretty much everything you've said tonight, so thanks for that and for joining us tonight. So that brings to an end tonight's special episode of the Celtic Exchange on a day which marks the end of Neil Lennon's long association with Celtic Football Club, at least in a professional capacity. Everyone will have their thoughts on him as a player, coach and manager of the club and everyone's fully entitled to those opinions, whatever they may be. However, I'd just like to finish tonight's show by asking people to remember that whatever they think of Neil Lennon the former player and manager, to also spare a thought for Neil Lennon the man, who has perhaps given more for our club in a personal capacity than any other individual in modern times. We all want what's best for Celtic Football Club and we've been as hurt by this season as everyone else. 
However, in an era where it's sadly all too easy to get caught up in personal attacks and vindictive behaviour online, I'd suggest that no one is hurting tonight more than Neil Lennon. For me personally, I hope he goes and he does go with my thanks and best wishes and my hope that time and history remembers him as fondly as I think it should. And we now move on to a new era for Celtic Football Club. Thanks again to Miff, thanks to you for listening and we'll see you again next time. Podcast Network.